0: A quick view into the dark side. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Lamora Kessum, Executive Security Advisor at IBM Security. Welcome, Lamora. Hi. Welcome back, I should say. Uh, Remind our audience again, if you will, what it is that you do at IBM?
1: I'm a security advisor, so I advise our customers, and I'm also an emerging research person. So anytime there's emerging research at IBM, I'm probably blogging about it, talking about it, and so on.
0: And you have the benefit of being able to draw on threat data from IBM Security X-Force. So what does that data tell us about the ransomware threat in general?
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, The ransomware threat in general has been exploding. Uh, We've been looking at data, something called the IBM X-Force Index, uh, that we look at threat intelligence data and we saw that ransomware is a top attack type across all industries. Uh, that was in 2020. Uh, it's not very surprising. Also, one of four incidents we responded to in actual attacks were a ransomware attack. Um, also, if we look at OT environment, so operational technology, again, ransomware tops the chart. And it's become an absolute headache for any company out there in any CISO.
0: DarkSide is the hacker group that compromised the colonial pipeline. What have you been able to turn up about them?
1: So that's according to the FBI, the FBI who got called in there and kind of named uh, Dark DarkSide Dark Side wasn't as big a name as others uh, in the industry, probably because they're kind of starting to do stuff on their own brand. Uh, and that started somewhere around August, 2020. Uh, they kind of announced, they went and wrote a post in the dark web saying, hey, we did not like our previous malware. So we invented the perfect malware and uh, they started deploying this, uh, this new thing. And they also started calling in their own affiliate. They gave hints to being part of other major cyber, uh, cyber crime gangs before that do ransomware. They didn't say who it was, but I think that at this point we kind of can guess. Um, Anyways, malware-wise, they were very similar to uh, Crab and SodinoKibi, which is the R-Evil. And they use similar ransom templates and things like that. There's some code similarities and it could be related to those uh, two gangs. Um, When they were looking for affiliates to join them, they said they would like Russian speakers with certain skills. Um, They stressed that they don't want English-speaking personalities and noted that they plan to target organizations that can pay and stay away from those who do social work, um, you know, healthcare, uh, government, uh, schools, nonprofits, those kinds of things. They said they would stay away from those. So kind of having a conscientious light to them, I guess.
0: So the dark web is definitely a place then where hackers brag on their skills and recruit, right?
1: Definitely. This is the place where they had uh you know a a website you can access through tour this is where they communicated from uh, members of their team supposed members of their team were communicating things there so that's where they kind of broke into the sidegram arena this is where they were trying to bring in new people to work with them and this is also where they communicated You know, if they wanted to expose data that they stole, uh, they had their website, they did it at, uh, called it Dark dark Side Leaks. Uh, This is also where they announced something very interesting. So during the whole attack on the pipeline, they were hearing that, you know, the government got involved. They got scared. They're like, hey, we're apolitical. We have no intention of uh, causing any kind of problems. We just want money. And this is another place where they also decided to retreat. They said they're shutting down their operation, Uh, probably because they got way too much attention from government. Uh, Russian government got involved as well and said, hey, we have nothing to do with this. And so a lot of pressure and a lot of heat on them from law enforcement. They came and said, we're shutting down the business. We're not going to continue the attacks we lost access to the website where we published data we also lost access to the wallets where money was sent from victims which by the way money was sent around 17.5 million dollars was sent over the past few months from different victims to the wallets they controlled uh all of a sudden these wallets are empty they shut down they disappeared um and so yeah the dark web and you know basically those tour sites is where they were able to communicate
0: What tactics, techniques, and procedures does DarkSide use to affect a breach? And how do these compare to other ransomware hacks we've seen?
1: It's ultra similar. To be honest, as part of my blog, I said, you know, it's a new group, old TTPs. Their favorite is remote exploitation. They like coming in through kind of weaker RDP connections. They they settle on port 443, which is a common port. They kind of get swallowed in traffic. They're going to look for ways to come in for more and more, maybe, you know, exploit VPNs, exploit those kind of things. Um, not so much on stolen credentials. They do that once they're in the system. And a lot like other um, cybercrime gangs in general, they do very targeted attacks. They want to get to know the environment they start spreading through the environment, they wanna become a domain controller at some point and be able to do what's called a golden ticket attack and start issuing themselves the ability to just get everywhere and appear like a real domain controller which gives them all the privileges they can possibly hope for on a network. One interesting thing about them is that once they're in the network and in the environment, they don't rush to go and encrypt the entire environment. They want to find, you know, they have objectives that they want to accomplish. They want to exfiltrate data. They want to know everything about the environment, find all the backups, find, you know, access to clouds, whatever they can get their hands on. And so they take a lengthy uh, stage to do that. And only uh, at the point where they set up everything and they're ready, they start the encryption process. Uh, In terms of encryption as well, they adapted encryption to their own needs. They want to go very fast when they encrypt. So they use something called the Salsa20 cipher. Um, That helps them encrypt very quickly as much data as possible. After they've already exfiltrated some stuff so they can go to an extortion phase. Um, And after they finish that, they take the stream from the to 20 and they encrypt it with an RSA key, which is, you know, if it's implemented correctly, which mostly it is, it's not breakable. It's not something you can reverse and and break it. Um, And so this is kind of their tactics that they do. I can't tell you it's very different. A lot of... um, Uh, cybercrime gangs that do this, they do something called living off the land. They use a lot of stuff that's, um, you know, inherent to the Windows systems that they attack. Uh, And also they bring in stuff like a cobalt strike and mimikatz and those kinds of tools that are meant for pen testing, but attackers, unfortunately, often use them as well. So they do all the same stuff that we've seen in other ransomware attacks, but unfortunately it's successful and hard to detect.
0: So this has evolved past opening a simple email.
1: (laughs) quite. Yeah.
0: So, so, what steps should organizations take to limit their exposure to a ransomware attack?
1: Uh, I say in general, you know, backups remain a very essential part of this. We all want to make sure we have backups because no matter what happens, and you know, in some cases, even in the, in the pipeline case, uh, the decryption key is not the end all, it's never silver bullet. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes part of the data is corrupted. You want to make sure you have really good backups so that they're able to come back from them. That they're redundant. that There's some place offline that nobody can get to them from a connected system. You know, make it make it harder and make it redundant. Uh, also, encrypt the data. Uh, all these cybercrime gangs. I say, 59% of the breaches we responded to last year started by ransomware attack because they go from okay, you don't want to pay for the for the decryption key, then we extort you. We're gonna leak your data, and every hour that you don't pay us, we're gonna leak more data. So encrypt your data, make it useless to them. Once they take it, it means nothing to them. It's encrypted; they it can do whatever they want. Um, so, if your data is encrypted, your data is backed up. You're probably are going to be doing a lot better in terms of coming back from that attack. Uh, also, applying the zero trust appro- approach to the framework to the network. Sorry, uh, if you have zero trust approach what does it mean It means that every user every time a user is trying to do something it has to be in a certain context at a certain time there's a lot of behavioral factors around it that you know access to data is not granted because i put in my user and password another thing about user and password please put an extra factor of authentication on that whether it's an application that has an authentication a code that pops up or an approval thing I wouldn't go so much for sms messages but it definitely would put some multi-factor thing on it especially domain controls all those things where they really like coming from you know those rdps all those remote connections put that extra layer of security there and throughout the entire network lower privilege people who don't need certain privileges lower privileges least privilege is a really good measure for prevention so
0: Lemore Kessim, Executive Security Advisor at IBM Security. If somebody wants to connect with you, what's the best way they can do that?
1: So I'm on Twitter a lot at iCyberFighter. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also catch my blogs at securityintelligence.com or just seek IBM Security, and you're going to find out more about what we do, and you can find me probably as well.
0: Great Twitter handle. Thanks again for joining us, Limor. Thank you, Tanya. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tonyahall.net. Thanks for watching.